you know, I came here fixing to ready to be all fired up about this Mueller report. But now I'm feeling like. Nah, is it like you have a better gauge of this, Ian, than I do? He's he said that he finds that there's no Trump Russia conspiracy. But the New York Times is saying it's stopping short of exonerating him from uh, Trump from uh, obstruction of justice. So is this kind of like everybody's like celebrating in the streets? He did not collude with Russia, but that doesn't mean he's off the hook, right? I mean, he could still get like fucking shanked in the driveway, right? I think what it's going to do is it's going to let him um, serve out the rest of his term. Sure. And if he is reelected then well who knows what's going to happen if he's reelected but if he's not reelected the various states attorney generals and the southern district of new york is going to go after him they're going to nixon his ass yeah. that's exactly what happened to nixon so yeah as as a private citizen so i think that's what it's going to happen because even even the democrats you know the 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 democratic leadership mm-hmm. they don't want to impeach him Nancy Pelosi said, you know, this is it's not going to be not going to be good for the country. Why do you think that is? Because I don't want to, like, be unpopular with uh, the the base. Well, I mean, it's it's doing further damage, I think, to the institution. You know, I don't even know if she's one of the type of people who want to abolish the um, Electoral College. Because what, it, the, the what it's thinking doing, behind oh. it. Oh, I'm sorry. No, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying. I think that the thinking behind it is that we're sort of wasting time trying to to make this stick, and we should be focusing on present problems rather than trying to get him impeached for for the rest of the two years he's got. I think the yeah. people who are know. wagging this in my face and going like, "There is no collusion," blah blah blah. Look, dude, I don't. Hey. Whatever. The fact that he is openly in the street pulling down the pants of our foreign enemies and giving them uh, blowies is, is, is obvious and true. That's happened. He's having a love affair with Putin. He's referential to Putin, our fucking enemy, yo. He's being referential and saying glowing shit about Kim Jong-un. He's saying this stuff and he's, he's shitting on his own government. That has actually happened. I don't need... Mm-hmm. I have never needed the Mueller report to tell me what time of day it is. And again, a lot of dudes around this man have been indicted. That's why I think, you know, this is, you know, because everyone, you know, a lot of, a, a lot of, you know, the Democrats were propping up Mueller and saying, you know, they were expecting him to be the knight in shining armor. You I know. never thought, saw and, him that way, man. Yeah, and he's, you know, he's, he's a justice guy. And what, I think what he did was he set the ground rules for this guy to pay for his crimes when he's out of office because yeah. he's a DOJ guy and the DOJ has a firm belief that you can't indict a sitting president. Yeah, and I think it's just, it's a long game. I think this is the Python approach if you like if you love your, you know, Mr. Robot references and we know I'm all about that. I feel like this is the Python approach. They're going to wait and they're going to unhinge their jaw at the right moment. So it's either it's either in 2020 uh, when he has to leave office mm-hmm. or if he gets another term and the 
if he, if he gets another term, I do believe that the Democrats are going to push for impeachment, just like what they did with Nixon. Yeah. Second term. Yeah. You know, then all the information came out. But uh, you know, I I, I have there's fifty fifty on me that says I don't think he's going to win a second term. I don't know. I mean, here's the thing, though. No. Whether he's going to win or not, again, I'm not like in some bar making a bet with somebody going, you know, he's your president. You should accept him. Blah, 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 blah. Look, dude, do you really do you really want this ugliness in the street? Now, I'm not talking to the white supremacists here. This is not for you. I'm just saying like just the regular ass people who voted for him and who think it's cool. We got people in our own family who were like, oh. God called him to be president. Man, I don't know what God you believe in, but this kind of like <laughs> hate crime evil shitty i don't want hillary clinton to be president and i'm sorry for the burners out there i don't need bernie to be president and i don't need this this fucking disgraceful shit show to be president and i don't need wet behind the ears motherfuckers to be president i mean can we just for a minute can we just for one time in american history in modern american history like just want the right people to be running shit i think i think if if uh 2018 is any uh, gauge of mm. what might happen in 2020. Yeah. Um, I think there's a real possibility that not only do they uh, maintain uh, the the House, I think they have a very strong possibility of flipping the Senate and even winning that White House, or one of the other. Right. So if you don't win the White House, you flip the Senate. And that's fine, look. And then, and then again, then it's it goes back to proper... Checks and balances what the way it's do? supposed to be. What do you then? Then once you get it, because this is what the Democrats do. They get the they get the they chase the car, they catch the car, and they don't know what to fucking do with it. Well, I mean, in this case, once you get it, then you have true oversight in the House and the Senate, and then you really start talking about impeachment. Okay, that's fine. That's right. Impeach the dude. All right, he's the bad man gone. Bad man. And if you have jail. if you have enough, you know, um, if you have enough, uh, uh, uh what is it, um. You know, evidence that says that even uh, Pence is involved. Yeah. So I mean that I think that's why that's why uh, Mueller maybe was so vague about it. Yeah. I think there's there's more evidence out there that suggests that more people could go to jail. I mean, new shit's gonna come to light. So I feel like it comes out of the gate, and everybody's expecting some big explosion. And again, I don't know. I'm a full ass grown up. I don't. Yeah, I'm gonna dance in the street when certain people are in jail. Sure, but that's not. Again, that's not governance. That's not the country getting back to like, or get, not even getting back to. I don't know when we was back to anything, but like going on to like have a future for our citizens, and being inclusive, and and putting jobs out there, and and trying to have civil discourse. Who is? And it's not one person, you know. How do we defeat Trumpism? Trump may be defeated and thrown in behind bars or whatever. And yeah, I'm gonna dance when you know Jared and Ivanka and Don Jr. I mean, I'm gonna throw a party. Yeah, I'm gonna dance in the street, sure. But it's this ugliness, man. This fucking ugliness. When does that ever? When do we start addressing that shit in the streets of America? Yeah, I know we're a baby well. ass nation, but when do y'all stop snickering about evil shit that happens? Calling yourselves Christians and doing it too in a lot of cases. Not in all cases. I got Christian friends. I got good Christian friends who are inclusive and open-minded, and we pray together, and it's awesome. I'm not saying I'm anti-Christianity or any of that stuff. I got Muslim friends. I got all kinds of friends. I'm not trying to say, oh, I got all kinds of friends. I'm just saying we have conversations offsides that are not these like polarized kind of conversations. When's America going to do that? 
you know? I think that's, you know, that really is the question that everyone's asking. If y'all want me to listen to your your side of things and you want to pray over me and whatever, you got to step to to this whole conversation with respect. That's all I'm saying, man. You know, like, when do we get over Trumpism? And I think that's here to stay for a long minute. And it's and it looks let's say he does four more years. I'm gonna be weeping for that because it's it's emboldened so many people. Where he had Trump rallies, there's a study came out where Trump had tra- all his rallies. Hate crimes went up by over two hundred percent. That's the country you want to live in, really? And you're like, hell yeah. I don't know, man. You need to look in your dark heart. Cause that's that's what I'm talking about. I didn't think Mueller was gonna ride in here. And even if again. Trump is defeated. Everybody goes to jail. They flip the Senate, blah, blah, blah. I'm talking about what are we going to do then, y'all? You know, that's yeah, what I'm looking at. That's what I yeah. want to know. When are we all going to just like well, I mean, get back to normal? Because there no, was no there's, normal. There's a lot of things that need to happen before, you know, for that to happen because, you know, I mean, I, you I, think I, maybe I don't, people need to see that this is yeah. wrong and bad before they I go. Don't even, I don't even think, you know, I think there's there's issues that need to be addressed. You know, you need to address, um, you know, education. You need to address, uh, I mean, you know, you, you have to, you have to, you know, corporate greed. You have to. All of these things are are part of why we, <clears throat> excuse me, our society has been so polarized. And you know, I don't. It's just it's a conversation that, you know, continue. It has to continue to happen and. Um, I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be a long while before, and you know, I just uh, before civility returns, or or as established, yeah, or equality, or you know, all of that. I think I guess that's, the fight always continues. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a, naive enough to believe again. Let's not going back. It never was normal. It never was cool. I'm just saying, like, that's kind of where my mind always goes to. Like, can we just start endeavoring toward that though? Can we just yeah. start like making that a goal rather than? Nailing people, sure, fine. If you've if you've committed these crimes and it's an egregious thing to be a sitting president to do this, no matter who the fuck you are. Again, I'll go back to my old point of like Clinton. Uh, to it, he committed a crime in my mind and should have been held accountable for that. And you know, came out of that a little unscathed from my thinking, and I didn't appreciate that. And again, just watching Monica Lewinsky, you know, talk uh, recently and talk on the um, was it it's John Oliver's show this week tonight. You know, talk about the bullying stuff that's happened to her. You know, until the Clintons, like, apologize to her in an open forum, they can swing as far as I'm concerned. You know? Yeah, I know she gave him a blowjob. I get it. There's semen on her dress. I get it. I, we've all heard the jokes, dude. Um, but, and if you want to watch something about how I feel about Monica Lewinsky, watch that John Oliver uh, report on bullying in public shaming. That That spoke to me a lot. So... I think it go I think you know the first step it just it goes back to you know getting out and voting and ha- and being a participant you know and I was saying earlier if 2020 or 2018 is a, a gauge get out there vote vote people that you believe are going to make the de- the right decisions and make sure that cuz that's how it starts I mean it starts with people making the laws and if you you get people up there who are going to not take the corporate money and not be in the special interest pocket, then you'll start to see some legislation and you'll start to see some change and regulation. And there's going to be, you know, kickback, but you still continue to vote and you pour money into the, you know, education and all and, and prison reform 
And then the whole mindset of the nation starts to change. But the first start is you have to get out and vote. You have to participate. Yeah. And if you don't participate, then, you know. Then the pipeline from. It stays the same. You know, you, the, the pipeline continues yeah. into funneling, you know, young bodies into the prison system. And the devotees of the world, devotees of the world get to decide the, your children's future. And, and the divide continues further. Yeah, I'm like, get off of Twitter and get out in the streets and vote and also just community action. And I don't know. There's just so many things that, that, well, that is happening. I don't mean to sound like, oh, fuck, nothing's happening. I've seen a lot of good come out of a lot of bad. I've seen a lot of good, awesome people step up and do the right thing. Because you're right. It's true. It's like, it's not, it doesn't have to, you know, when, you know, Republicans take power, they, they, you know, undo everything the Democrats did. And then when the Democrats take power, they undo everything the Republicans did. And, and everybody this, loses. It's, yeah, it's this back and forth, back and forth, while the majority of the, the American people are not voting. And um, it's that they, they play the same games up there, and the people are, you know, caught in the same, you know, shit storm. Yeah. So, you know, my only thing is just fucking vote. Just get out and vote, you know. Be, be part of, you know... Um, the system, and then you'll be part of the change. Because the only way things are going to change is if everyone's involved. And, you know, this last election, the 2020, uh, and, and even previous elections are an example of what happens when you don't get involved. You, it, it, you know, you, you start step by step losing um, a voice, and then all of a sudden you have, uh, you know, authoritarianism. And, yeah, but yeah, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. So, we need, and we need checks and balances. It doesn't need to be all blue, all red. No. It's like let's make it purple. Let's talk about like what does work. And, and I have a lot of criticisms for a lot of the left ideas. And then, and then also just some just hey man, I'm just not about the white nationalism thing. I'm not ever going to go. You know, white power sounds like a good idea. Hell yeah, <laughs> white power. Fuck yeah, it's never happening, guys. It's just also stupid without brown people and queer people. And people who are not like you, you'd be dead in a ditch. I'm just going to say, if you got rid of all the Indian doctors, most of you'd be fucked where you are. If you got rid of all the brown people, your restaurants wouldn't be open. And if you got rid of all the queer people, everybody would look like shit on TV. So just think about it for a minute before you go off and you're like, they will not replace us. You want them to replace you sometimes, unless y'all know how to do hair and cook your food and mow your lawns and pick your food. I'm just saying. You want those people in your life. Come on now. Y'all wake up. Wake the fuck up. Uh, so, yeah. That's all I kind of took away from that was like, oh, okay. It wasn't like a big day for me. It was more like that's what I took away from that. So, that's all I want to say about the Mueller report. Let's move on to most exciting thing for me is that Andre is back to watching Mr. Robot. Why does it give me unbridled joy that... <laughs> it's like when you were watching Game of Thrones I was like and then what are you doing now and what episode are you on oh 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 he doesn't know oh oh I said I'm Mr. Robot I'm just this, I'm just the same I'm like okay where? and then you sent me like I know exactly what episode you're on I'm like oh he's in White Rose's lair spoilers for Mr. Robot spoilers for Mr. Robot if you have not been caught up to Mr. Robot stop listening right now so where are you and go well I'm three episodes into season three <laughs> I'm really loving it. Are you? Um, yeah, I think I made a big mistake when I decided to 
the when I decided to watch Game of Thrones because I was in the middle of season two, Mr. Robot. Yeah. I think I should have finished that out because I feel like now I have to go back and watch season two as a whole. Because yeah. those last couple of episodes, I was like, I think I know what's going on. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Hopefully the recaps will help and they do a little bit, but uh, no, but like starting the, the, you know, a season fresh, I, I, I'm vibing with everything. I like all the new ideas that's coming and I, I really like it. I, I did have a couple observations that I could be completely wrong about, but um, that screen, that picture I, I sent you when you're there in like white roses lair, I noticed that, um, not only was the lair, I'm sorry, not only was white roses, everything they wear is always black and white. But yes. when you get to the lair, everything is black and white. Yes. The bodyguards are wearing black and white ties. And I'm like, is that a way of saying that that's just how white rose thinks? There is no gray for her, for them? Is it just black and white, right or wrong, yes or no? I think it's interesting that you should pick up on that because I, I got it right out the gate when I started watching that, especially like watching her ensemble when she's with Grant. Uh, you're probably going to get to some. I'm not going to spoil anything, but when she's with her, we call her lover assistant, Grant Chang. Follow him on Instagram. Yeah. He's awesome. Uh, so lover assistant, you know, is with her. And like, again, like you start to see she has a motif. She is in black and white all the time, whether she's white rose yeah. or Zhang. There is definitely something to that. I don't think she sees the gray. I don't think there is any gray in her world. Like there's no, like just the whole watch thing. It's like your time is up. And I feel yeah. like that is also just hearkening her downfall. I have a theory about that. I don't know. We'll talk about theories when you get through it. But I feel like that black and white in her is going to be her undoing. Yeah, and then that television commentator reporter comes in and he's wearing gray. Yes. And I'm like, oh, okay. That yeah. just like exemplifies it for me even more. And like he's just um, questioning, he's even questioning her. He's her pawn. Not about a chessboard being black and white. The whole chess thing. Yeah. We'll get into yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's so just like oh chess. My God. <laughs> so like there's yeah. just so and many I, like, what? But like he is that gray guy. He's that guy going, but what about like the humanness of this? Like he's not even like a genius. He's just kind of like telling her the obvious thing that she should hear. And she's like slapping him down like, eh. And you're like, yeah, probably should listen to this dude. Yeah. And I love, I love uh, what White Rose says to Price after that, like UN thing where, where she's like, um, don't mistake my generosity for generosity. Yeah. I was like, oh, what a great line. That That's is, so cool. As soon as she said that, I didn't even have the phrase from Shane Dawson at the time, but like I was watching it like the second time around and I, th but the fifth time around, I was like, merch. <laughs> yeah. That's merch. <laughs> that is merch. Yeah. Um, and then the only other thing I, I started realizing was that I think it's super cool that our protagonist is at the same time our antagonist. Yes. Because, yeah, you have Evil Corp and you have Price and you have Tyrell and you have Irving and all that stuff. But, like, the real antagonist is Elliot, yes. is Mr. Robot. Yes. And it's not even it's not even like the duality of, of those two people living in one. It's it's. Be it's always towing the line going back and forth between doing the right thing and doing the wrong thing. It's hilarious because the struggle gets so insane in season three between Elliot and Mr. Robot. You're like, what is going on with this guy? <laughs> yeah. Cause that you see the struggle in season two, like when he's, he's literally again, spoilers for Mr. Robot. And those of you who watched season two, who loved it and appreciated it, 
you'll understand me. Uh, season two had to happen the way it did, so we get to see this huge setup going into season three. And season three is such a blur and happens so fast that you, mm-hmm. that you have that a feeling like, I need to go back and watch season two. Shit, I need to go back and watch season one. So you'll have to. Like, I would just recommend start from season one and pile through, and then you'll just be like, oh, okay, okay. It builds. But, like, mm-hmm. there's a struggle, you think, in season two, but you re- there's really no struggle until you get into three. Three, it is just, it's a standoff. And you're like, what is going on with Elliot? And he is, he is, he is your protagonist, he's your antagonist. And it seems like the whole White Rose and uh, Evil Court thing is just a backdrop. Yeah. For this. Yeah. 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 And about it. Also, the the last thing was I I still have no idea what's going on with Angela. Well, yeah. I <laughs> I'm just like, what is going on? What is she doing? What does she know? Yeah. What happened? Yeah. What happened to her? Yeah. Um. <laughs> That's all I can say to you right now. Yeah. There's yeah. that. Um. Tyrell <laughs> and Elliot need to get together like now. I know. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that Tyrell alone episode, I loved it. I loved the beard. It was getting a little too much, but I loved the beard. He's out there chopping. He was wood. getting. He was getting his suit on. He was shaving for his boyfriend because yes. he was going to see him again. Yes. He like went apartment shopping <laughs> and like did all the things. Yeah. Like made sure he looked good. I'm like, no one can tell me that's yeah. Yeah. That's, it's He's all there. He's sprung. He's so sprung on his boy, and he gets really. He gets triggered when he calls Ellie in prison. Nell's like, "Who's this?" He's like. Nudist who found me? What? <laughs> Why? Ah! And you're like, oh shit, dude. Yeah. And that I feel um, bad for that, Tyrell in season three, don't you? Don't you feel a little bad for him when we were watching it, Ian? What were we kind of like? Poor Tyrell. Yeah. Just like, I just miss seeing him again because I, I love I love the actor and I love the character because he, he disappears was gone in for predominantly two. most of season two. Yeah. yeah. You're like, where is he in season two? You're like, where's Tyrell? And then it's like, oh, he over here. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, that guy that showed up at the the cabin, the one that was like snorting cocaine off of yeah, his Wallace Sean. Yeah. Yeah, and like asking him those questions, is that meant to be the same sort of thing Angela went through? You know, that's a good question. We're gonna have that talk afterwards. When you get through three season three, there's so much we need to talk about what we think happens. Okay. Because it's not necessarily answered. Okay. I don't want to spoil it for you, but like I'm not really sure. There's all kinds of theories about what, what went down in that black box room and that suburban tract house. We don't. There's a lot of Interesting. stuff. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. I got some theories, and I'll tell you what Reddit says, but only when you're done. Cool. Car. So yeah, season three. You're on episode what? Four. Uh, I'm three episodes in, so I'm starting episode four. Yeah. So you have ten in season three. It's a very yes. short season because he he gets some stuff did. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's gonna get crazy. <laughs> you want to get crazy? Let's get crazy. Uh, be quoting us for the rest of the week. Y'all go out and see us, man. If you haven't seen us, it's not too late to go and get that opening box office record. I think they've already set a record, right? They've already uh, on us. We didn't mention so, this in the last yeah. podcast. Us has set records like I think it's beat Avatar, and Avatar is like the one to beat. So wait, has it really? I think it has. Yeah, I think it's already surpassed like uh, Avatar's opening weekend. I'm not sure. Huh. I might be talking about my blowhole or whatever Avatars <laughs> have. Um, 
<laughs> I haven't. I kept falling asleep during that movie, so I really don't know anything about that movie. I just know people are blue. That's all I know, and that I just didn't care for it because it's James. That's Cameron. it. Anyway, that's all there is. <laughs> that's it. Uh, so yeah, Mister Robot. I can't wait for you to finish. I, I just as you just you know how I'm going to be like, well, what's going on now? I'm trying not to be so up on you because I know that like, you're in school. You just had your recital. How did your recital go? Tell us about your recital. Oh, it went that. great. It went great. Yeah. Uh, it was it was just a, a fun recital I did with a friend. She needed a recital partner. I didn't need it for my degree, um, but it was just it was just something fun that I wanted to do. You were just um, but yeah, it went great. That's fantastic. What was the piece? Was it an original piece by her or you or? Uh, no, no, no original pieces. I did three pieces. She did three pieces. So that's pretty cool. Do you yeah. have any video of it? Um, the live stream is posted on my Facebook. <gasps> okay, okay. Yeah, we're we're de- we're not allowed to post it on like YouTube because of like copyright issues oh. and stuff. So you have um, to friend Andre on Facebook to see it. <laughs> yeah, you get a bunch of friends. I'm sure. I'm sure people are flocking to Facebook right now. <laughs> <laughs> All those people who live on Facebook. Yeah, it's like I keep in touch with certain things, but I think that's where the boomers live. So nobody wants to walk into that room because they're like, ah, boomers, ah, kill it with fire and they run away. Um, so that's it. So you're still I haven't watched it yet. It's on my list to watch. I'm going to do it probably this week. Uh, one day at a time got canceled by Netflix. That was the big news. <sighs> yes. Yeah. So little, yeah. it happened a week or two ago, but. Yeah, um, this show had completely flown under my radar. Um, I saw like one clip of it like a couple of months ago um, on Twitter or something. Um, and it got canceled and everyone was just was just losing their minds over it. I was like, OK, well, I, I got to see what the what the big deal is. And I've always been meaning to watch it. Um and I need something lighter to contrast, uh, Mister Robot. Right. Like when it, I, when I was watching Game of Thrones, I had Shit's Creek to offset the heaviness. So now I have one uh, one day at a time. And so I watched it. I got through three seasons of it. It's fairly easy to get through. Thirty minute episodes, um, thirteen episodes a season. And I gotta say, I understand the anger that <laughs> that um, people have towards Netflix because it is a very um, for one, it's a very diverse show. It's a sort of a multicam sitcom style, um, which I, I don't normally like, uh, but I, I completely felt it, it didn't register to me as I was watching it that it was like a sitcom or anything. Like really? it was it was sort of just that peek into the this family's life sort of thing. Um, but yeah, to me, it was it, it's it's an incredibly important show because of the topics they decide to tackle. Um a lot of it has to do with, you know, feminism, toxic masculinity, uh, sexism. Uh, they do touch on some political. I mean, that those are technically political things, but um, they 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 don't have like a whole season about Trump or anything like he's mentioned, and they do, do talk about it. But um, no, and this this whole family that it's centered around is um, Latinx, and it's so interesting for me watching it because while I'm not Latinx, I am Portuguese, and there's sort of you know cousins in that regard but i'm watching it and i kind of weirded out by how close the culture is like their ideas about um like food and coffee like the grandmas are exactly the same as the portuguese ones the the ideals about family and traditional ideas about like masculinity and femininity and all that stuff 
Um, and it's great. And and what I love about it is that it explores both sides of the the argument. So it doesn't come off like beating you over a head. This is a liberal TV show. You know, they, they do explore um, both sides of it, mostly from the, the grandma who, you know, is older. So she's a bit more conservative and um, she kind of comes at at everything, sort of challenges everything. Like, why? Why do we think about this now? Why is everything changing? Blah, blah, blah. blah. And it's it's nice to get that that sort of perspective challenge with, with that one. Um, I mean, and I mean, barring all of that, the show is just incredibly funny. It's funny. It's heartwarming. It can be sad. It can be uplifting. It's just got all the things for me. The yeah. characters are incredible. Um, some of them will surprise you about how much you just fall, fall in love with them so quickly. Um, it's just great. It has a lot of great stuff about mental illness and, um, uh, the main character, the mom, is a war veteran suffering with PTSD, and the show explores that head on. There's no sugarcoating of anything, so it's just incredibly important, and it, it makes me sad that Netflix made this decision. And it it for me, it's even worse for what they said in their statement because number one, they said, uh, "Well, not enough people warranted a fourth season." I was like, "Okay, first of all, again, I'm only hearing about this show because people are mad that it got canceled." Right. Meanwhile, I've seen ads for the Umbrella Academy like months before it came out. And same thing with Orange is the New Black and same thing with 13 Reasons Why. I get ads for all of that stuff. Why why was this not is it because it was a sitcom? Mm, unlikely. Netflix has a weird thing about marketing anyway because yeah. it's kind of like how <laughs> like do they go about doing that? But I mean <laughs> I literally knew and no one knew about the show until it got canceled before it was too late. And then the second thing they said that really pissed me off is that they um uh, they said something to the effect of please don't please don't see this action us canceling the show as a way of us saying that your stories don't matter. Anyone who felt represented by the show, your stories still matter. And I was like it's I mean, just, but fuck off. Obviously though. not. But it's like fuck off. Uh, like, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's like some dude when they break up with you. It's like it's not you, it's me. It's like dick. Just come on. And you know, I Don't also hated the timing it. of it. I yeah. also hated the timing on it because this cancellation happened the week of the new Queer Eye season dropping. Yeah. So it's like, oh, we've done this thing, but look, Queer Eye is back. Look, that's, it's that's queer stuff. I, you guys should be happy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I don't ever see Netflix canceling Queer Eye, but like, who knows? Because uh, I just think it's super successful for them. Do you? Here's the thing. Okay, let's just say that they, because they don't release the, um, you know, they're a private company. All of these companies are private. Most things are private. They don't really owe it to us on some level to like release this stuff, but on another level, they show do because it's like. So you don't have the, what, $3 million to make the entire season of this show. Let's just say they cost that. Because nobody on there is, even Rita Moreno, a legend, is not getting, she's not pulling down like a million an episode, right? Right. So let's just say, I don't even know, because they don't release any figures. Let's just make shit up. <laughs> you know, if you're going to do us <laughs> this away, we're going to just sit here and make shit up about y'all. Because you don't tell us. So it costs like $3, 4000000 million to make 10, 12 episodes. You don't have that laying around in the couch kitchens over there at Netflix. You don't have that. 
just to, no, like, but they have seventy million dollars extra to keep friends on right on their server right like really right so really. so you've got a built-in audience that's just thirsty for it you've got you don't have this money don't tell me you're getting like you're doing three million an episode don't tell me it's costing you mad money to make this show it's on a studio lot yeah so just to look like not to just to this is what i would do if i'm in the pr department at netflix just to not look like assholes you keep the show on the air let it naturally peter out where people are disinterested or they've had their fill but this many seasons in and it's got this and many important things to say just and again i haven't watched it and let's just say a lot of people just think it sucks it doesn't have the numbers that we can't see Again, the invisible nut. We don't even have the numbers. You can't even point it in the street and go, aha. Just to not look like uninformed dicks. Maybe the closest you, thing yeah. we have to numbers is their Rotten Tomato score. And that don't matter to me. season three, I'm looking at, I mean, take it with a grain of salt. But yeah, I don't care what they think. Um, season one has 94%. On Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Season three has a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes, ninety-two percent score audience. And season two had a hundred percent. So I mean, people aren't hating it. They're not hating it. Okay, so it, so it's not again, like people aren't watching I kinda, it. I'm weirded out by Rotten Tomatoes. I feel like they're just uh I don't know how they got this much power. I feel like there should be more a pure audience generated thing. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody needs to go out there, some young buck, some young person needs to go out there and figure this out and just make it purely like the, the critics don't get to touch it. The critics are not weighing in on it. It's just purely an audience rating. Maybe that exists and I just don't know. Y'all know I don't get out the house much, but something where I can like really trust that. But let's just say something that I don't really give a shit about because, you know, critics. But because even these audience reviews can be influenced by that. You know what I'm saying? Something that's not touched by that. But in this case, fine, let's go with it. So it's not hated. And and you're going to cancel it. I just wouldn't do this. Y'all make these uh, these shitty-ass series like Insatiable and 13 Reasons Why and other garbage that really should, just irresponsible in a lot of ways. But you're going to let this I just, fall in the, in, the, in the dumpster? You All know, right. I just feel like the... There's just so much in this show. Yeah. You know, again, the, the feminism, mental illness, there's a there's a great amount of queer representation in there. You know, the daughter is is uh queer and she gets to have a loving relationship with um well, not her girlfriend because they they identify as as non-binary, but again, they identify as non-binary, a rep- representation we hardly ever see. Right. And now we're getting rid of it because you don't have the money to keep it going so even though so, but I don't you can believe afford that. to you so, can afford to renew 13 reasons why the most controversial show on your server by the way right so i don't i don't know so let me ask this then so so we know the audience it's got an audience we know it doesn't probably cost a mint, a mint to make it so now i'm feeling like is it political so somebody over there and somebody's ear going this is too something something this is too... It would not surprise me. See, because it feels political to me. I feel like that's that's the only reason why you would, you would knock this show off your service. Yeah, and that's what people are pointing out, definitely. Oh, they are? I, oh, yeah. I'm yeah, not reading sure. about they're, the show, so I, really, that's what they're saying. Okay. Yeah, it, 
I mean, people are comparing it to kind of like when uh when Netflix canceled Sense Eight, um, because that show was meant to have five seasons and they only had two. That I can believe that that is a money problem because that is a multi-continental show. Sure, that's they actually shoot in all those different locations. I can imagine that being a stretch for your budget. Yeah, totally. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get don't it. imagine a multi-cam sitcom show. No. To be a great financial stress on you guys. Not like, at all. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I'm sorry. I mean, look, I mean, not against, against the lighting union, but like the lights are not that complicated. This is built in. It's, it's a plug and play. We got this dialed in in this town. We've been doing this for a long ass time. This is not costing a fortune. And again, you're paying probably Rita Moreno the most money. Probably in this case, it's the dude. It's always the dude. No offense against the dude. I'm sure the dude's awesome. I don't know this cast. Todd Grinnell seems like a n- nice guy. Um, Justina Mercado loved her for a long time. Isabella Gomez plays Alina Alvarez, uh, Marcel Ruiz, and then Stephen Tobolonsky. You know that I don't think any of these people, Rita, they're not, they're not, they're not breaking the bank. So this, this got to be political. Yeah. So who's going to go out there and unearth, uh, unearth the story of why this show was canceled when it it seems to be doing all checking all the boxes. Who got mad? Who got in their ear and said, you need to get that show off there? That's that's the big. And hopefully somebody will be after that and care enough to keep that sort of in the forefront until we answer that question. I think the worst part of it, it just it really honestly just feels like Netflix is saying, you know, we're so great because we have this incredibly diverse and important show. Oh, but we wish we could keep it. But there's not enough people watching. So we have to cancel it. But we tried. Like that's what it feels like. Yeah, it feels it feels like they're really cashing in that allyship. Something for me. ain't something ain't right. Something ain't right. Yeah, so, something is up with this, for sure. Yeah. But if you haven't watched it, go watch it. It's amazing. I'm it's watching incredible. it. Yeah, you'll I'm laugh. You'll it cry. It'll be great. Yeah. It'll become a part of you. So, uh, Shit's Creek. Let's talk about this latest episode. Favorite Ooh. episode of Shit's Creek that's ever aired. Same, hands down. <laughs> I don't think Ian's gotten a chance to see it. I'm not. <gasps> wait, which one is it? It's the one where Patrick comes out to his parents. No, I haven't seen it yet. Shit. Oh, no. I thought the last one was the baseball one. We need to come back around and talk about this then when Ian's seen it. I don't feel like it's fair to Ian for us to talk about it. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep it for, for next Suffice time. Suffice it to say, it's our favorite episode because you'll get it. It's... It's really just how they handle this whole topic where you think it's going to go one way and it just Dan yep. Levy is like, nope, we're not going to have that moment where the parents are homophobic. They're, we're going to just they're going to be loving and accepting. And it's just very simple. And I just loved it. I loved it. Yep. Um, what was going on? What was the what was the B story on this? Uh, Alexis and Moira doing the uh, the convention. Yeah, that was kind of yeah. fun, too. I liked that story as well. Uh, yeah. How that she embraces it at the end, the whole feet line. One <laughs> yeah. is 75 and two is 150. I'm like, hell yeah. Uh, it's <laughs> it's just a really well-handled episode of how to come out and how the show always, under Dan Levy's show-running hand, never comes from this ugly negative way is this the finale the season finale oh, no the uh no this is episode season? 11 it's oh. close to the it's close to the end do they do, they do 12 i guess they don't really they yeah do 12 they do 12 so it's the one before the end we can pick it up again yeah. next week and i want to see what you take on it but again uh, down hands down 
favorite episode. And also, it's it we say with very sad hearts that next season will be the, the show's last. It season will. six will be it for Shit's Creek. Um, but we get. I'm glad they got to end it on their own terms. Yes. Unlike one day at a time, they weren't snuffed out by Pop TV. Still don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it always starts with to our dear fans. Like that was the title on Danley like, oh, Twitter. Shit. That's the death knell for for fans. I'm like, oh no, yeah. no. Yeah. But you know, I'm, I'm so excited that now we have Dan Levy out in the world and hopefully he'll go and be a showrunner elsewhere and bring these positive yeah. stories and bring these positive takes of pansexuality and and just other things. Just just a, a nice Canadian spin on it, if you will, uh, <laughs> of how, how it can be and should be because that representation matters thing, you know. It's so, so important. Repreta- representation really can uh, switch up the game, so... I'm looking yep. forward to seeing that too. Let's get on to Amelia Clark. None of us knew this. No, no one had an inkling. And again, being a super fan of Game of Thrones, I thought I knew everyone well. I knew Amelia was like really green when she was doing Game of Thrones. I think it was like one of her only first major roles, like ever, mm-hmm. um, to play this character. And she was super inexperienced. But nobody had any idea. Fill us in on what happened with the story. Like what what do uh, what happened with her? Oh, it was rough. Um, well, essentially, uh, this it's her story about how she had uh, two life-threatening brain aneurysms um, as she was filming Game of Thrones. The first one happened after the first season had wrapped and they were about to do the press tour. And she was uh, got the first aneurysm, went into surgery for that. And they told her that there's a second one in her brain that could pop like at any moment and so she had to go through season two still recovering from the first one while also worrying about when the second one would hit and it's not like she's doing anything that's you know stressful no no but she said like the whole of season two i was in pain the the whole time and that's it's insane. I was just reading the story. I'm like, oh my god! Like I cannot imagine. Well, I mean, this again, this character, Khaleesi's journey, and if you look at again what they do with this character, she's never in one. She's not like Cersei, laid up in in the in the keep, you know, Baylor Sep drinking wine all the time. Yeah. No, no shade on Lena Hetty. We love you, girl. You don't. Not, you know, we good. Me and you. Let's have lunch. I'm just saying, it's not like she's just <laughs> laying back. Like Khaleesi's character is on a fucking quest, a journey. So she starts over here, like she's hit out. Her Varys and uh, his homie, I forget his name right now. Varys and this other dude's got her uh, hit out, you know, because they've hit the twins. Varys spirited away the twins when the, the Mad King went mad and was kill them all. Is that what happened? Yeah. So everybody was murdered in their family, and they're the last Targaryens that we believe. We believe. Oh, when, after the um... after the fall of the kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. So Varys ferreted uh, her away, and her and her brother. So like this, every single episode that involved Khaleesi, even though they had sets and different sets, the, the action, the pressure on this character, the pressure on this actress, she's, she is embodying for fans, at least at that time, book fans, to be the shit. Like there's a lot of expectation about this character. So she's having to like, step into a crazy big role. And then season two, it's even crazier. 
Like it gets yeah. crazy. Like not not one episode or one series or one season does this character get to just chill and be like, all right, you know, all the yeah. scenes are hyped and stressful. So I'm reading like this. She was working out, right? So the first one, she's like working out with mm-hmm. her trainer. She goes to the locker room. She has the hoik. She's throwing up and they're asking her, are you okay? And she's like, I am so not okay. So she gets rushed to the hospital. They get this brain scan, and it's like her diagnosis was this. I want to try to say it. It's it's S A H. It's subarachnoid hemorrhage. Um, it's a life threatening ty- life threatening type of stroke, and it's caused by bleeding into the space surrounding the brain. So basically, an aneurysm, an arterial rupture. I was like. And no yeah. one knew. No one knew until we were heading into this last season that she's like, I'm going to finally tell y'all some stuff. And I was like so freaked out. Yeah, and she she was saying how she was worried about how it would affect her cognitive functions. There was a moment where she couldn't remember her name and she couldn't like speak properly. And like, God, I, I could not imagine like as an actress, like that that's your, that's your bread and butter. And if you can't do that, then... You know, she said at she said at one point, if I can't act, then then there's no point. Like, just leave me, leave me to die. Like, it was really heavy stuff in that article. It's like she's saying, like, on the first day of uh, shooting season two in Dubrovnik, she kept telling my, I kept telling myself, I am fine. I'm in my twenties. I'm fine. <laughs> you know, and this is someone who didn't even know what IMDb was. Like, she was so new in the game on yeah. one of what would become one of the largest TV shows in the history of TV and, and basically shadowing of casting a shadow over film numbers, you know, game of Thrones. If you don't know about game of Thrones, you're just trying to be willfully ignorant because it's like (laughs) one of the best shows ever. I mean, no shade. If you don't, if you're not into it, it's not just tits and dragons. Don't listen to Shane. He's full of shit anyway, but like seriously, this show is like the biggest thing ever. It's like no pressure. Just like one of the most, major characters in the shit. So I can only imagine, you know. Um, And then she says after finishing in 2003, after finishing season three, she took a job on Broadway playing Holly Mm -hmm. Golightly. And I'm like, holy crap. Like, I just want to like wrap myself around this little tiny Amelia Clark because you know she pocket size. (laughs) She itty bitty. And be like, Oh my God. I think we all want to do that. And I think Lena Hetty even like wrote some, like I haven't read the message yet. She wrote, wrote like a public message to her about like just how we all are kind of like, <gasps> like, but where's, where does she land now? Where is, how is she? She good? She out of the woods? I, I think so. I don't know. I don't know if she said, you know, like I'm out of the woods now. Like I'm fine. I, I don't know. I don't know if she's at. Yeah, I think she, and then the, the crazy thing, she lost her dad uh, to cancer in 2016. So, yeah. Hopefully, she's out of the woods. Hopefully, we don't have this. Oh, come, come on. She's got to get through this and just go on and reign and be be the queen that we know her to be. Like, I just, the story is just so insane. Like, the New Yorker's piece on it is pretty good. I think that's one of my, that's the one she wrote the article, right? That's the essay she wrote in first yeah, I person, think so. correct? So you can find it over there at the New Yorker. They normally don't charge for their articles. You should be able to read this one. So Khaleesi, girl, we had no idea. Like now it's like 
survivor of the hemorrhage. Did she add that to the <laughs> list of names? Yeah. Survivor of the brain stroke. Surely somebody made her a t-shirt. Somebody please over Game of Thrones have made her like a t-shirt with all her names, like the unburnt, the unsullied, the queen of the grass sea and like survivor of the brain shit, (laughs) you know, survivor of the strokes, survivor of the strokes. Um, I I know that y'all don't watch this show and I know that, it's it requires you to to focus you can't just listen like you know how like you'll watch a netflix show and like you can like my niece was saying she puts on her netflix and she folds clothes and i'm trying to get her to watch terrace house i'm trying to get everybody anybody to watch Terra house terrace house so i could talk with them about it but i she said i'll just listen to all what i've watched uh i fold clothes and i'm like well unless you understand japanese it's probably not the show <laughs> for you um i can't say enough about how it was a dark week i lost my mother this week uh, it's been a long goodbye. Alzheimer's is a long goodbye. And it was also just for a lot of other reasons I won't go into. It was made um, very complicated and emotional and all the things. I'll just say it was all the things. Good note out of it, I you know gained two family members, reconnecting with my nephew and then getting to know uh, his lovely wife, Emily. Hello, Daniel and Emily. For Again, I want to give a shout out to you on the show. I feel like I found my mother's parting gift to me was to to be reconnected with two wonderful people and also just getting to hear about the deep South again and my specific turf. So it's been a blessing. It's been a dark week and and I haven't been able to function very well. Grief is weird. Um, Sometimes grief is subterranean. Um, You don't, you don't just like, it would be different if it was just like the normal grief that we go through, which is horrible and uh, a nightmare in and of itself. But this went subterranean on me. I can't sleep still. I'm still trying to process. I think when you lose a parent, no matter what your relationship with them, and if you have, um, you know, parentage is so strange. People have different relationships with their parents. But for me, I was grateful to have had this wonderful woman be my mother. But also seeing her change into someone else has been, uh, unless you go through it, it, it's its whole other level of stuff that you have to deal with. So I lost my mother the first version of her in 2007 on and had to mourn that for a few years and continued to, to mourn her. And then I'm having to mourn this other person. I say all this to say, not to get you to like feel sorry for me or any of that stuff. Everybody's got their shit, but my, my grief went subterranean. I'm like, I'm cool. I've, I've dealt with this. I'm not like happy that she's dead. I really was grateful that she was out of her body and out of her prison. Um, and that she could go and be, uh, either part of everything or with the Lord in heaven or with the great spaghetti monster. I'm not trying to be um, offensive or blasphemous. I'm just, I just don't know where we go. But I was just sort of like celebrating her with family and talking about how amazing she is. But it got really heavy really quick when I was doing that. You know, I was like, this, this is supposed, you're supposed to do this. It got me so bad that it just sort of pinned me to the ground. And I'm like, I got to go, I got to go immerse my, I can't write. Um, I don't want to talk about this right now. Where do I go? And I went and I, two things that kind of saved me during the week was Queer Eye coming out season three. I will forever uh, remember my mother's passing uh, in, in tangled in that. And that's not a bad thing. It was uplifting. And then Terrace House, uh, the, last se- the last part of this season of Terrace House opening doors came out. And I got to tell you, I just Friday, all I did, all I was capable of doing, I did a little bit of work. I did the housework. I walked the dog, all that kind of stuff. 
showered. So I was like, these are good things because I think I am in the middle of a, a, a grip of depression as I watched Opening Doors. That show lifts me so high, just like Queer Eye does. It lifts me because it's so pure. Like, their reality show, this reality show is so... I can't explain how good it is that no matter what mood I'm in, it'll just transport me. Because, like, the drama that happens is that, you know, someone's discussing, like, what they're going to do on camera and they get caught... And their confrontations are not like nobody's throwing shoes or flipping tables or screaming at each other or calling each other prostitution whore. Like no one would even dare do that on this show. Like the season of Hawaii got very close to a reality show with a very unsavory member of the house. You know who you are, Heifer. But like on this season, it was like so crazy what happened at the end. I was tripping out, and it was just just a lovely way to escape. So to the creators of Terrace House and Queer Eye, oh, thank you for this week. It was the medicine that I needed. And this is why shows are important to us. You know, sometimes chemicals help. Sometimes weed helps. Uh, sometimes cognitive therapy helps and talking to a friend. Sometimes all you can do is just get up and shower or take a walk or... Do something nice for yourself. This is what I did for myself as I watched Terrace House pretty much all day Friday. And um, I'm glad I did it. So thank you guys for these shows. They really are important. That's why we have to fight for shows like one day at a time. Um, because they may that show may be lifting somebody right now and, and encouraging them. So that's important. This is why we talk about this stuff on our show. And this is why we have this show. Is that, you know, we got to fight for the things that you know, this is what uh, art has always done uh, mm. during times of Great Depression and war and um, strife. We turn to these things to lift us. So that's kind of been my experience this past week for that. And then having you guys, we did podcasts through the the process of my mom passing away. And uh, being with you guys on the show has been um, part of that. And I appreciate that. So thank you guys for being there this week, too. You guys have been great, both of you. You know, not not just Ian as my husband, but, but Ian as my friend, and Andre, you as my my friend. You guys have been. I, I appreciate you. I do. So, <laughs> just I'm sorry. I just got caught for a second. <laughs> I got caught. Cool. Um, <laughs> is there anything else we want to talk about? I do want. I I don't know where we are in our time. Are we close to our hour? Got five minutes. Okay. So I just want to go out on like, this is something my niece was telling me about. I had no idea. You guys have seen these things. I didn't know about farmersonly.com. <laughs> I'm not, I don't, I'm so tripping out. I don't know. Any, like I tell you guys all the time about YouTube. It's like a room I just walked into and I'm like, what's in this room? <gasps> what? This is one of those things that my niece was telling me about. It's a real thing, right? Like farmers who are trying to yeah. date farmers or country people are trying to date country people. Like I'm still trying to figure out what it is I'm watching. I think I heard a commercial about that when I was like working in Bakersfield or, you know, San Bernardino or something like that. It was on the radio. I was yeah. like, what? Well, so she played this for me one of our many nights because since, you know, my uh, nephew called me to tell me that my mom is, you know, in this state. Emily and I have just been talking for hours on 
on and on the phone. We're getting to know each other. And also she's reminding me about home. Like she's talking, we're talking about moon pies and stuff like this. And I was like, oh my God, I haven't had a moon pie in ages. And I tell her how hard it is to get different kinds of like cornmeal out here. They just throw one, one brand and one kind at you. And I'm like, no, what the fuck? Or <laughs> you can't get whole buttermilk in California. And like all these things that I'm just like, where the fuck is this stuff? You know, I know that we're on like a more a healthy tip maybe than other parts of the country, but Yo, can we not have fully loaded buttermilk? Like, what kind of animals are you guys over here? Like, not everything has to be kale and yoga. So, but then we were just talking about stuff. She goes, have you seen these commercials? Because I was telling her, like, stuff I'm trying to, like, get to know about on YouTube. And she goes, oh, what about this? And I'm like, what am I looking at? She's like, and they're kind of, I'm mesmerized by them. And I also have the jingle stuck in my head now. So... I mean, this makes so much sense. In this, like, crazy world, it gets very specific, dating does, right? So you have, like, the the fish one and OkCupid okay and Grinder and Tinder and Match and J-Date. That's what it reminded yeah, me of. Yeah, it reminded me of J-Date. It's like, this is J-Date. Yeah. You know? What is that? Well, J-Date is, oh, my God, J-Date is, is you're going to see a reference to that, by the way, coming up in Mr. Robot. J-Date is where Jews find each other today. So the, So if you're Jewish... And you're looking for the one in the chosen ones. I'm sure there's all kinds of J-Date jokes out there. Um, J-Date is the place that you go to find other Jews to date. To, with the, with mm. Normally, with, with J-Date, my, my friends who are on J-Date over the years, you're looking, for, you're looking for the one. You're not casually screwing around. There's no, there might be a, a grinder, a Jewish grinder. Maybe that's just grinder. <laughs> Yeah, that point doesn't matter. I think it's just grinder. If you're just if you're just hooking up and you're just on grinder, um, but they have like you know it's so it's so specific. Like you said, there's Christian single things too. Yeah, Christian singles. Yeah, there's that. But I didn't know about farmer. Like so, here's my question: Are are they are they all farmers? Am I should I take that literally? (laughs) What if you were like? What if you were? What if you lost your farm? Yeah. What if your farm didn't work out? What if you're just a shitty farmer, but you're lonely? You're out in the middle of this farm, and you're not, you know, you're trying to sell it, and you're trying to hook up. Like, I don't understand what's happening with the farm. I don't understand this. Is and, it and, just yeah, farmers? I, I'm not trying to make fun of anybody. No, I'm from, the, I'm from the South, yo. I'm not making fun of anybody. I, like, really want to know. And do you have to be, like, traditional, like, what people would think would be farmer morality? Like, are you just right. Christian? Are you Christian? What if you're a Jewish uh, farmer? What if you're a weed farmer? <gasps> what if you're a weed <laughs> farmer? See, I have s- no answers to any of these guys, questions. Guys, if you have answers for me, like I know what I read on the <laughs> internet, but I'm not trusting this at this point. Like who who actually uses farmers.com that wants to talk to us about this? I would love to talk to come on the show. I want to talk to somebody about farmers on did you meet your mate? Did you have a good experience? Did you have a bad experience? Did you have a middle of the road experience? Did you have a weed farm and it, the other person found out and got really mad? Are there? I mean, I know plenty of Christians who smoke weed, man. Some of them are open about that and some are not. You know, there's all kinds of farming. Yeah. We have farmed a table on the West Coast. We know this really well. Are y'all on this? Or is it just people who wear cowboy boots? Yeah, see what kind of, yeah, exactly. And who like Trace Atkins? What if we were like a worm farmer? You could be a worm farmer. <laughs> I what know. about a data I, farm? <laughs> data farms. 
data you could be a data farmer this is getting out of hand are you allowed on here <laughs> i'm just saying when you when you fling around the term farmers only wait what's it what's it called again Far- farmers only.com oh, farmers i only. mean you're set yourself like i've got expectations on this okay like i'm so like i want to know is it I, this feels like an exclusive club that i'm not invited to i have cowboy yeah. boots i don't farm anything but I'm fr- I have farmer friends, like a lot of my friend my family up on Sand Mountain, they farmers. So I'm just saying I'm gonna leave y'all with that. I don't if y'all want to come <laughs> on here, I want to talk to y'all. Holler at me about like, what's up with farmersonly.com and then tell me what it's about. I love the commercials, by the way. I'm just hooked on y'all. Go to YouTube and look at farmers only commercials. Like they're they're awesome. They have a full crew. They're shooting like these things are beautifully done and they're gorgeous and they make me miss home. Do they show people? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if they're actors. I'm not really sure. Like, surely like everything else, like they're actors or maybe they're real people. I don't know. There's beautiful people in the South. There's some gorgeous people in the South. I mean, look, uh, what's his head from Magic Mike? That guy. What's the guy? Tatum. Tatum Channing is from my neck of the woods. He's from uh, Coleman, Alabama. We grow them beautiful there. So this isn't it just ugly people. If you're an ugly farmer... Can you, can you, are you? I wonder if it's like. the farmers yeah. I knew growing up, they were just plain ass people. Some of them were beautiful. Some of them were like, I, some of them were like, okay, you know, you know what I'm saying? When you start throwing this kind of criterion out there, I feel like there's been, I want to know the results, like real life walking around results. What happened? Are you on your fourth kid and you met on this thing? How long has it been around? I guess I could look that up. But I'm just saying, y'all, Ashlyn, uh, podcast at gmail.com. Ashlyn, podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Hit me up. Tell me what happened. Give me your story. You can stay anonymous. We'll do a phoner with you. I just, I want to know. I got to know some real world events. I mean, just, I know, I know what the internet says, but y'all, y'all hit me up. I just, <laughs> just want to know, man. I'm obsessed. I'm totally obsessed. I wonder if they're going to come up with like a fisherman's only. Again, this opens up the hackersonly.com. Like you meet other hackers, (laughs) but it's anonymously and you have to do a code and a backdoor. Prius drivers only. Oh, man. You could get really specific with this, I feel like. Shut-ins only. Agoraphobics only. (laughs) Man. I'm sure there's vegan uh, websites, vegan dating websites, because they get no love. Vegansonly.com. <laughs> Vegansonly.com. I'm just telling you. I'm just, I'm, I'm fascinated. All right. So uh, that's it for uh, the show this week. We are going to wrap this up. And please reach out to us and let us know what you think about the show. Have any thoughts and comments? Want to holler at us? Uh, want us to, to watch something you've been watching and you're totally into? Let us know. Podcast at gmail.com. On social media, on iTunes. Uh, you can find the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, TuneIn. Um, and if, if all of those are not just, those are not your bag, you can always find our podcast at ashlandpodcast.com. Uh, we also have Facebook, Ashland Podcast, Twitter, Ashland Podcast, Instagram, Ashland Podcast. See how creative we were with these names? <laughs> we're Ashland Podcast across the board. Uh, that's the most of the places. Where, are there other social media sites that I just don't go to that I set up? Probably. 
Uh, if you've gone there and gone, hello, and there's no one there, come and find us on the main site. You can reach out to us in all those places. So you guys have a good week and stay hydrated and get a lot of sleep. Uh, sleep is like probably a lovely thing. If you can't sleep, watch Terrace House. You're going to have to prop up on one elbow and read subtitles. It's worth it. Trust me. And uh, try to do something uh, good for yourself and reach out to someone and, and find love and positivity and try to connect. Uh, and just know that uh, I love you. I love you all. And I love you, Mama. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>